Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Tuesday, January the 6th. June the 6th, I'm sorry. June the 6th. Uh, I, I'm getting my uh, calendars a little messed up. I've got the right calendar behind me. But anyway, it's June the 6th, of course, uh, on this day. And welcome to our to our commentary. Well, of course, when you mention June the 6th, there's one thing that stands out, and that is uh, another anniversary of D-Day. It was D-Day on this day in 1944 that the Allied forces landed in uh, Europe. Normandy is where the big invasion happened in France. And that began, of course, the liberation of, of Europe uh, against the Germans. And, uh, you know, it was a, a very difficult battle. Uh, the landing, there were many losses uh, that morning that the troops landed. But eventually the troops uh, went in into France and eventually found their way uh, to Berlin uh, and by the spring of 1945. But it was very vicious fighting for the Allied troops on that day and for many, many more weeks uh, more weeks ahead. Of course, whenever I think of D-Day, I, I think of a gentleman uh, who who's, was a friend of mine here in the Dallas area, Bob Jaggers. And Bob was a 22-year-old U.S. Navy man on that day. Now, he didn't come on on land uh, because he was with the Navy in one of the ships, but uh, we interviewed him uh, back in 2014 when he went back to uh, the Normandy for anniversary number 70. And, you know, Bob passed away a couple of years ago. He lived to be 100 years old, which is a great, uh, a great thing. But, you know, we did have an opportunity to chat with him, and we did a podcast of that interview. That podcast, by the way, is available. I have it on my blog. Uh, I have it uh, also on Twitter. And wherever you're watching me right now, it's available uh, on that uh, on that particular blog. And we talked a lot about that day, what it was like to be there that day and to actually listen, uh, listen to a description of that day from somebody who was actually there. And it was just an amazing, amazing experience. Of course, with each passing day, there are less and less of those veterans. There are less and less of those people who are still around. Uh, so, you know, you have to rely more and more on documentaries and, and, and books and even movies. Even movies, uh, many movies were made of that uh, historic uh, day. One of the big movies back from the 1960s was The Longest Day. And that movie, you know, people who, historians have watched that movie and they say it's pretty pretty good movie in terms of telling uh, the story of of D-Day. So we remember today D-Day, and we salute every uh, every family who had a member of your family there on that day. As I said, most of them have now moved on because, you know, they're, uh, if they survived, they would be in their 90s, almost 100 by now. But they did an amazing thing. They did a great job that day, and they fought bravely. And as I say, the, the fighting was vicious for several days as they were coming as they were coming inland. So if you have a chance, check out that interview that we did with Bob Jagger back in 2014. And that interview had to do with the 70th anniversary uh, of D-Day. And Bob had a chance to go back to uh, Normandy for that anniversary. And that's uh, part of the interview that we did with him. The other thing that comes to my mind about June 6th 
It's something that President Reagan did back in 1984. President Reagan attended uh, the 40th, what would have been the 40th anniversary of D-Day back in 1984. He spoke there at the beach uh, by the cemetery. And he gave one of the most incredible speeches that President Reagan has ever delivered. Now, when you're talking about President Reagan and speeches, you know, you're talking about the best. I mean, he's still the best communicator we've ever had in the White House in recent, uh, recent memory. But the speech that he gave that day, and, and just an absolutely great speech. I wrote a post about this on my blog as well. And, you know, I have the text of the speech. You can also get it uh, online, and you can even get the audio version or the video version of the speech. But he delivered a speech that day that was so memorable. Uh, that day, there were many sons and daughters of some of the men who were there that day, some who had survived and some who were too old to, to attend, but many of their sons or daughters were there that day. And Reagan, in his incredible style, that great communication skill that he had, uh, celebrated so many of these, young, of, of these uh, sons and daughters who attended the 40th anniversary of D-Day. So check out, check out that speech, the text, of the speech and uh, my blog says that every young person should read that speech i agree with that i think every young person should read that speech if you really value uh the history of your country and that's something of course that we're fighting with right now because so many people uh want to rewrite and even erase the, the history of the country and it's important at times like this to remember uh, a great speech like that one by by president reagan back in 1984 on the 40th anniversary of D-Day. So again, I've got the interview with Bob Jaggers. I've got that podcast available on the blog, as well as this, uh, uh, this uh, post that I wrote about President Reagan in 1984. Just a great speech. If you have a chance to see it, he was Reagan. That was Reagan at his best, just communicating uh, from the heart, something that he did better uh, than anybody else. Well, I've got a post over at the American Thinker today, today morning, Tuesday morning, uh, talking about uh, the elections in Mexico. They had elections in Mexico, uh, two very important elections. One was in what they call the state of Mexico, which is the territory surrounding Mexico City. And the other one is the state of Coahuila, which is in the north. And the results were interesting in the state of Mexico, a state that had been dominated by by the PRI, which had been the major party in Mexico for over five or six decades. In that state, the, opposite, the, the, the party of López Obrador, called Morena, that party defeated the PRI, ending, as I say, almost 70 years of one-party control in that state of Mexico. And that is seen as a, as a victory, of course, for López Obrador, Although a lot of pundits are looking at that election and saying that it was really more a vote against the PRI, that people just didn't like uh, the PRI. But again, you know, that's the result around Mexico City. Up in Coahuila, you had a coalition of opposition parties that came together and they won the election, defeating uh, Lopez Obrador's uh, political party up there. So I guess uh, the results were mixed, one for his party, one against uh, his party. How all of this shapes up uh, in, 19, in, in 2024 when they have their presidential elections is too early to tell because we don't know who the nominees are going to be, who the candidates are going to be. Uh, there's a lot of names being thrown around, 
And at the moment, no one really knows. We'll probably get a better idea of all of that as we get closer to the first of the year. You know, their elections in Mexico, their campaigns don't last as long as ours do. So, you know, they've got an election in July of 2024, and they're not campaigning yet, or at least they're not publicly uh, campaigning. It's the exact opposite of here where we start campaigning uh, so early. I mean, look, we're already campaigning for an election in November of 2024. They're not even campaigning in Mexico for an election in July of 2024. There's a big difference, a big difference in, uh, in how we start and how some other countries uh, do it. Senator Scott, a uh, great senator from South Carolina, candidate for the GOP nomination, made a stop on The View, that show, that daily show on ABC. I didn't see the show because I never do. I never do. I did see some clips uh, that they had when he had a conversation with one of the ladies on, on the show about uh, you know systemic racism. I thought that Senator Scott was great, at least the parts that I saw. I didn't see the whole thing. But the parts that I saw, I, I thought he, he was great. I think he, he talked about his life. And there was one in particular story that he told about his grandfather and how his grandfather had been born in South Carolina in the 1920s. And back then, if you were black you, and, and you were walking down the street uh, with, uh, you, uh, let's say, a, a white person was coming the other way, you were supposed to get out of the way and not look in the eye. I mean, that's how segregated and how difficult it was for people back then. And here we are 100 years later, the, the grandson of that black man is a U.S. senator and a candidate for president. So no question, we've made great progress. It doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't erase the past. It, it, we're not trying to erase the past. But, uh, you know, we're looking ahead. We're looking ahead. And I think there are some great opportunities, as Senator Scott uh, was saying. So I was very happy. I was very happy that he went on that show. I think that show engages in a lot of demagoguery, a lot of emotion, and that's why I don't watch it, frankly. And it's it's the kind of show where they're they're just looking for clicks. They just want to say outrageous things so they can get a bunch of clicks on the internet. And I'm glad glad to see that Senator Scott went in there and and spoke logically to uh, to those uh, ladies. A couple of things on this day in history. Back in 1968, Senator Robert Kennedy was killed on this day. Uh, he was killed in the evening, as you may remember, late, uh, uh, I think it was like 10 o'clock uh, Pacific time. He had just won the California primary, had given a speech, and as he was walking back, uh, I guess through the kitchen, that's where he was shot uh, and you know, pretty much killed uh, instantly. He was not officially pronounced dead until the next morning, but I think most people uh, didn't think he was going to survive those the, those uh, shots that he took that night. And on this day in 1971, the Ed Sullivan show came to an end. Now, for my generation, we kind of grew up watching uh, the Ed Sullivan show. You know, it was every Sunday night. And of course, he had all the big acts. If, if you were a musical act, any kind of performer, you had to be on the Ed Sullivan show every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Central Time. You know, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, uh, Lots of groups of my generation, but it wasn't just that. I mean, you could see everything on on the on the show. I mean, if you were an opera singer, he would have he would have that. If you enjoyed uh, Broadway, they would do that as well. So the Ed Sullivan Show was the ultimate variety show, and it lasted from 1948 to 1971. Uh, he retired in 71. He died a couple of years later. I believe he was in bad health there at the end of 
of the shows. But Ed Sullivan, one of the great, great stories of American television, his show and uh, the success of American television sort of coincided with one another. It started out as a small program, and it became a huge program. Started out in black and white, if you see some of Elvis's appearances, and of course it ended up in full living color when you see some of the stars from the late 60s and early 70s. So the Ed Sullivan Show ended on this day in 1971. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. Don't forget to check out my podcast with our friend Bob Jagger. I think you're going to enjoy listening to somebody who was there that day and uh, who saw the whole thing with his own eyes. 22 years old he was that day, and he tells a great, uh, great story. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.